I heartily welcome you to the Nerdist Podcast number 132. First of all, I would like to extend a giant extra creepy hug to you guys because our New York Nerdist Podcast lives are sold out this weekend at the Gramercy Theater. So thank you very much for making that happen. That was you. You did that. You did that. I love you so much. What's your problem, Portland, Northampton, and D.C.? Can't you see what New York did? Get on the fucking ball! See, I turn on a dime like that. It's like it's like a hug punch is what I've done. Um, but anyway, so come see us in Portland, D.C. or Northampton, and thank you if you're coming to the New York show. Also, uh, I'd like to announce that the phenomenal Thrilling Adventure Hour has come to the Nerdist Industries Podcast Network. Um, the comedy team Acker and Blacker have created this show that's been around for a few years, and it is amazing, and it was an existing podcast, and they've moved it over to Nerdist, so make sure and uh, check it out now. Uh, the latest episode features uh, myself, Dana Gould, Pat Oswalt, um, Padgett Brewster, Paul Tompkins, and Scott Ackerman. Um, that is also available if you go over to Nerdist.com, uh, in addition to all the ticket information for other stuff. Hooray! Synergy! That's a word marketing people use. <laughs> also monetize. Something we'll figure out someday. Like now, we'd like to thank our returning sponsor, GoToMeeting, to the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, GoToMeeting by Citrix uh, can host your meeting online from your computer while your attendees can join from any computer or iPad. And now for iPhone and Android as well. Visit the App Store or the Android Market, download the free app, start joining GoToMeeting sessions from absolutely anywhere. Anyone can attend your meeting online. They can all see the host's desktop right from their smartphone or their tablets. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial of GoToMeeting. Have all the meetings you want for one low flat rate. Phone and voice over IP conferencing is included for free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code NERDIST. And now, the Nerdist Podcast number 132. Oh, this is a very special show, actually. Very special show. It's our first, like, in-studio music show, uh, which we were thrilled and honored to have Ben Folds on the show. This one's a, this episode's a little bit longer than normal, but I think absolutely worth it. I'm biased. I'm biased, though. And hopefully you will be, too. The Nerdist Podcast number 132 with Mr. Ben Folds. Now entering Nerdist.com. A one, two... One, two, three, go. Talkity talk, talkity talk, talking on the podcast, talkity talk. Should that be the new theme song? Yep. I think so. I can pull out a... Uh... We never really separated season two from season one. We, we have seasons. Sort of started doing a host member when we decided we would have seasons. Yep. And that we made a different colored logo that really you and last. I only saw. No, it didn't really last. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Are you playing Bebot there? Yeah. Uh, what's the most important thing right now is that Ben Folds is sitting here. Oh, that's and we're right. Playing with your, we're playing with your <laughs> oh, robot. Oh, that. Right. I, I'm, like I'm going to back off um, the microphone because I'm pee popping a little bit. We're recording at Swinghouse Studios because 
Uh, and there's a very professional setup here that we're not used to. Not at all. The most it's professional. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, the, the pee is a... We're going to need you to take that again. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just mopping up a bit of blood. It's yeah. just a, a hair trickling down the earlobe. <gasps> this is much nicer than the Seacrest compound we usually record A little bit, in. yeah. Uh, we're at Swing House Studios in Hollywood, and... and Ben, we don't really. We had sort of become friends via email a little bit. Mm. Like we became. Uh, sort, <laughs> sort of sound, that sounded yeah. like. Mm, is that mm. what it seemed like? Friends. <laughs> well, I don't know what friends. to call it. We became. I'm we, agreeing. We became acquaintanced <laughs> yeah. via via the electronic yeah, yeah. mail. That's. I think that's a good honest disclosure. Of what and happened. and you said uh, and you said you know when I'm in town sometime we can do this podcast thing get together and, yeah. and 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 here you are and and so uh, I decided to come record at Swinghouse Studios because uh, they have a piano. Yeah, and an old timey piano. An old timey piano. I don't know how it's a real one. Do you want a sarsaparilla? Hmm. Um, so Sioux City Sarsaparilla. Yeah, City Sarsaparilla. So what are you what what are you doing in Los Angeles right now? What's go? What, what, um, what yeah, we're working on uh, a television show called Sing Off, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, people sing, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> you, it's good. And I and I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Stockman of uh, Boys to Men talks about it. Mm-hmm. Sarah Bareilles talks about it. And then, um, and then the show's over, and we do another one. It's it's actually really good because uh, uh, it's it's all a cappella groups. Oh wow, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it is really cool because I mean, these there's so many people can sing so well, and um, yeah, and there and there's no 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 music or there's no instruments, you know, there's no uh, no tapes, nothing for them to hide behind. They just got to go up, and if it's not good, it's pretty obvious, you know. But it's all it's even when it's not good, it's very musical. Now, are, is there a are, is there a Dick Judge? Like, because every competition show seems. I bet to it's have... the boy to man. No, he seems. Like, but they seem sweet. Like those guys always yeah. seem sweet. Yeah. No. I just hope it would be. And it's the guy with the cane that goes, "Girl, you're not very good. <laughs> I got one thing to say to you." <laughs> yeah, we we um we we've we've uh we, we've dispensed with the Dick Judge uh, uh, model. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're just trying to help them, basically. Like the, the reason I took the gig I is because... This is TV. You're not trying to help people. What is happening? I know. It's a little weird, but I don't know anything about TV. And I haven't watched much TV since I was a kid. Uh, and um, so I'm just sitting there listening to them. And, and if, if, if something's not quite right, I try to sort of get their trust and that you know I don't want them to think that I'm out to get them or anything. Like these things went right, but then these things are seriously wrong, and you could work on them. Here's how: you know your thirds were a little flat, you rushed in the bridge, the tritone substitution wasn't necessarily, and you should have thought of it a little more like uh, in terms of polychord fractions. And then they like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Now see, that is a that is a kind of uh, music nerd uh, chatter that I can get behind rather than just you're not doing it for me, dog. Like that, I don't understand. But I have a dream, sir. <laughs> well, maybe you should work on your fucking tritones. What do I need that for when I have dreams? You should have studied math a little <laughs> bit harder. Y'all don't know nothing. And then I leave. And then, and then you I become more famous. Did, and then yeah. that was yeah. it. We'd that was it, yeah. Tonight on Dream Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a thing. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, you, there, was a, there was an acapella album full of uh, your songs out yeah. there. Yeah. That's how I got into it. Because I realized I always wanted to be a, a songwriter who was covered. Like, I didn't intend to sing... Uh, my songs. I wrote songs and wanted everyone else to sing them, and no one did except for Bette Midler. <laughs> and uh, so I hadn't got any covers. And then uh, out of the blue, I find out that there are like three, four, five hundred YouTube versions of acapella, my my songs in acapella from different universities. 
I was like, wow, these people, these are my people. <laughs> so I went out in a, uh, in a van with my engineer, and we recorded these groups in their, um, you know, in their, in their natural habitat, kind of like a field recording might be in, in Africa. Uh, we'd come up with a few mics, and they'd sing in the lunchroom. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's actually uh, Jeff Mangum from uh, – Neutral Milk Hotel went around Africa, like recording different tribes like that. Oh, acapella cool. yeah. animal groups? Uh, no, yeah. just well, yeah, they're acapella. The animals, the antelopes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but like he went around to different tribes. Oh, different tribes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. That's, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, of making the field recordings of something that I know. Yeah, you know, like like I don't really. It's like being a photographer. You go to Africa and you're you're capturing something that's new to you, so that's an interesting angle. But capturing something that you really know and understand, I think, is actually in some ways harder. But it's it's a it's a bigger duty somehow. So I just felt like I should just go around. This is like African field recordings, except it's on campuses, and, and I'm not going to get bitten for the most. Did part. you give them notes? Ever like did you do any direction or did you just, did you let them do the, their version without any? They did of? their version exactly as they'd scored it, but um, you know I, I'd give them three or four takes sometimes and would make suggestions between them. Like you're right, the same thing that I do on the show. That's why I took the shows because when they asked me, I thought, well, this is exactly what I was doing on that record. It doesn't have to be any different. And I didn't know anything about all that. You didn't bring it stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know now, but I didn't. I didn't know that then. So. Yeah. Now, I think uh, the first – Jonah has this classic story of seeing you perform. Was that at All-Star Lanes? That was at All-Star Lanes in Eagle Rock. Uh, I had just moved to – Oh, yeah. Yeah, the um, – Al was there. Al, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, that was uh, – I had just moved out here, and I was working at a record store in Venice Beach. And if you uh, pre-bought the album, uh, you would get a ticket. You know the whole score. It's like you would get to go bowling and get to see you play. And um, as they also gave the record store just a couple passes. Yeah. So I went – to it and I was underage and I still just got wasted, bold, and then got to see. I was like right on the right hand side Glad of the stage. I facilitated some ill <laughs> oh, the best. It was the best. Like and then and, 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 um, Fold says drinking makes yeah, you yeah. older, kids. <laughs> and uh and then you uh, you started playing a song for the dumped and uh you said uh, oh we got a new singer for this one. Yeah. And then I just you know you just see a like a long haired guy. I was like, Oh it's probably just some old rock and roll dude he knows yeah. and then you know whips <laughs> his hair back out. and it's Al and I just like pissed and shit and puked i just like i couldn't <laughs> handle it i was 19 and i just moved out here and it was like i was like the la is amazing shit like this happened all the time i'll tell you what's really great it was in another bowling alley al and i went bowling and i never bowled before and he at least tells me he'd never bowled before but he got good fast he's <laughs> physically so talented and then he walked over to that it just come out this kind of i guess they've been big in japan those dancing machines oh the dance dance revolution dan- yeah, yeah. And he, and he decided, wow, I'm going to put a quarter in that and do it. And the, he didn't realize the whole bowling alley was, <laughs> was absolute insanity what he was doing. That's great. He was keeping up with it pretty well. He's, uh, yeah. he's got I, moves. When I was 16, I had my first beer before Ben Folds oh, 5 man. opened up for the Dave Matthews Band at Foxborough Stadium in 98. Yeah, kids, call in if you had your first <laughs> underage beer at my so, show. You know, Tell your underage drinking out. stories. Now, are you are you friends with Dave Matthews? Because Matt is like Matt's been to so many Dave Matthews oh, yeah? shows. I have. I've it's, been to it's a lot. Not a- I've, I'm, I met Mr. Dave uh, years before he was famous because uh, a friend of ours uh, recorded me and recorded David, and um, you know I would hear all his music and I thought he was great. I th- and I used to play it for people and say. This is going to be big one. <laughs> but what I realized early on is you either had the Dave Matthews gene or you didn't. Because some people were like, what's that shit? Right. They yeah. just didn't like it all. And other people were mesmerized by it. I thought it was really amazing. Like, I, I, always, really, I always really liked it. I, I sang We Are the World. Uh, 
Not that I, I don't drink that much, and I don't encourage my audience, especially under 18, to drink. <laughs> well, but, clearly they're going to anyway. Yeah, they're going to anyway. They're gonna but if you're it. above 18, feel free. Yeah, <laughs> take it away. I don't know. It depends on what state. But um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I just, I was waiting for, we used to move our own piano. Like, I would carry it in and, and put it put it up on stage with a ramp and then put it back and uh, I'd opened up for this band and, and Dave was there and they invited us both up to come sing We Are the World and by the time I'd sat through the, the two acts we were opening for I, I was three sheets to the proverbial wind and, and all I remember is, is Dave going Come on, Ben. Let's go up on the stage. <laughs> like, All right, cool. And I remember his—he was—he was doing. He decided to take the Bob Dylan version. He's like, "Oh, the world!" And then I thought, "Well, he's already taken Dylan. I guess I'll have to do Springsteen." And I couldn't sing for like two days because I was screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> that's amazing. That was yeah, so yeah. that's my Dave. That's my brush with Dave. And and I recorded something for. Uh, I helped record something for uh, uh i guess the inauguration or the, the the opening of dave matthews band day in charlottesville oh wow which was he just got a record deal and they were so chuffed about that in uh charlottesville the mayor comes out ten thousand people i mean where i come from if you sell a couple records they just boo you out of town so <laughs> i thought that was amazing right. yeah and, and and i put the mics in the wrong way sorry to go on with but i put the mics in the wrong way we hung the mics in such a way that that you couldn't hear 10,000 people when they clapped you just heard like, <laughs> people you know talking about whatever it, was, it sounded so small I walk out of the van and go this is huge it's a big event go back into the van and it was just so small that was, uh, so that, that I want to apologize publicly that to him that's my fault that was uh, 1998 it was Fox 5 at Beck and then Dave Matthews Band at Foxborough Stadium yeah that was, a, that was good because I got I got your album my mom gave it to me for Easter I got whatever and ever amen for Easter. That's a, wow. It's a cool mom. Right? Yeah. And yeah. there was a bottle of Jack Daniels behind it, and she's like, yeah. you know what to do. It was this a rolling rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drink. drink up, Sonny. It's like your father and I. Thanks, yeah. man. Drink you, up. Get sad. You were conceived before a Ben Folds concert. We were both 14 at the time. <laughs> My uh, dad and I are talking now because he decided not to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, He's like, that'll help. I won't. Matt, Matt has a problem of shitting on his family and then being confused <laughs> yeah. as to why they're angry at him yeah. when they listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's the, you whatever. know other people hear this show, right? No. There's only five, six of us here. No, you're formerly your family. Um, so you're from, uh, you're from uh, North Carolina? That's correct. And so what, uh, when did you kind of, when did you realize, like, hey, I think music is a thing I could do with my life forever? I was two. Nice. Yeah, I was listening to records all the time, sitting on the floor and listening to records. And when they, um, when the uh, record player broke, uh, I was taken to a child psychologist because <laughs> 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 I was running around the record player singing the songs and crying because it didn't work anymore. So I guess I was trying to get that sort of triple happiness out of the record. Just like player. Superman Reverse Time. Yeah, yeah like, it, a record it to play. Did, didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And that's when Ben's father came and said, you are not to interfere with human history. <laughs> what was the record? The prime directive. Um, uh, well, it was a lot of records. I used to like Little Richard. I broke all the Elvis records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I listened to Little Richard records, and I liked I'm a Little Teapot, and um, what else did I like? Um, it's hard to remember now. It, it was good stuff. And as I, I, had, nah, I had the album. Did you ever do like fake radio station where you'd be like, "Hey, it's oh yeah. yeah, yeah." You make tapes where you're making you're the radio station. Absolutely, at? yeah. I did that too, but you had cooler music than I had. Mm. My parents had like 
like the Bee Gees with the one, but the one that he That's did with good. no, no, but the one that he did with uh, Barbara Streisand. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that <laughs> one. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of crappy like uh, adult contemporary. Yeah, rock. it's weird. A lot, of, a lot of people tell me that like they they grew up with with uh, really white people music, but I, I didn't know white people made music uh, when I was a kid. I just never heard it. Like all the records that were at the house uh, were all. Like Good. soul records, no. they're all R and B soul records. That's why you 60s. you broke all those Elvis records because you couldn't fathom. <laughs> it's like, what is this white man doing with music? I think so. I think it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. He didn't sound like it sounded too smooth. It didn't sound right to me. <laughs> and, but then I discovered Neil Sedaka when I was nine years old, and uh, I would say my inner white man came out, but I'm not so sure that <laughs> inner is the right word here. Uh, I just I my I became uh, you know um, I bet my mom was obsessed point. with him. With Neil, when yeah. we we went to Vegas a lot when I was a kid, and we saw him, him and Tony Orlando, mm. and just like all these, and like Helen Reddy, just all like the whitest, <laughs> yeah, Caucasian cracker acts you could possibly uh, imagine. <laughs> they they ought, to, they ought to run a festival called that, like Cracker, yeah. sponsored by Cracker Barrel. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but Neil Sedaka's. I mean, you know what I what I really loved about this is just his harmony, the sense of chords, and how kind of perfect it all sounded, and cool diminished and augmented chords, and all these little sus things. It was just really made me happy because the music that I grew up on up to that point was more about you know, the the soul of it and the vocals. And yeah, they had cool harmony, but there was something like so crisp about the Neil Sedaka stuff. I loved it, and I found out that he had a, a, a record contract when he was 13 years old. Oh wow. So I wanted to have a record out by the time I was 13. So it didn't work out. <laughs> no, like, I, I got my re- first record out when I was mentally 13, but it didn't. <laughs> it was like, there was like those old Harry Connick records where he named them after his ages. And there's like 11, 13, yeah. 19. That's, what, uh, that's cool. what Adele's doing right now. Oh, yeah? Every time Adele puts out a record, it's her age. Hmm. Yeah. That's oh, adorable. Wow. I feel like I should know more about who that is, but I don't really. Great singer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah really good singer. Why am I already out of touch with popular music? How did I fucking? How did that? I'm not old. Like, why no. did that happen already? It's a, it takes. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to keep in touch with what's yeah. coming out, and it can because it's like so much more stuff starts seeming more foreign to you, or you know you don't like it, or you know exactly what they're ripping off. But that just makes Which it is that a mistake. Much, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. a mistake. Thing. I think it's just a, it's overwhelming because there's no real filter out there. Like you don't. If you everyone thinks even everyone thinks that they're not keeping up because there's so much out there. Yeah. There's no way you could possibly keep up. So everyone feels the same way. I was just listening over the weekend. This past weekend, I, I performed in Syracuse, and I was dry to drive to perform at this college. And I was. It was the 20th anniversary of Nevermind coming mm. out. Um, and so they did a John Stewart hosted a town hall in Sirius with uh, with Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic and Butch Vig. Really? Yeah, it was wow. fucking amazing. But but some of the, one of the things they were talking about is just like yeah, there's no real like rock music now isn't really a thing anymore. I mean, it really isn't. It's like all the music industry is behind like like hip hop or mm-hmm. you know or or dance or country or or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Probably. I mean. I, I I think that it's it's uh, it's there in in in, uh, in spirit, but it just doesn't have the same. You can't associate the same sounds or symbols or lyrics or anything with it. But I mean, sometimes comedy takes over, and that's the rock and roll of an era. Sometimes it's it's uh, it could be movies or you know what I mean. Like it doesn't have to be a rock band with like four guys that are hairy and sling guitars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like if that that specific style, if you 
like that and grew up on it, you might mourn the passing of it. But I, th- I think you'd, you, you'd hear, I mean, I don't know, like Skrillex or something. I mean, I don't like that kind of music necessarily, but that's pretty rock and roll. But, you know, what's interesting to me about your music is that I feel like it doesn't sound like it's of any era. Like you could listen to one of your songs and be like, oh, that was written in 95 or 2004 or, mm. two, you know. Yeah. I mean, what's, you know, do you even... I, just because I don't know how writing music in that way really works. I mean, how do you when you're writing songs? How do you sort of approach that? Do you do you even think about that stuff, or you just kind of do what you do? Well, I made one record where I tried really hard to to make it dated, stamp it the year that it was recorded, and I recorded with a producer who was really at the top of his game at that moment, and that was the whole idea because I felt kind of out of step. Like I wanted to make something that. I mean, in all honesty, if you go back and listen to like old blues '78, and you go, well, "That's amazing music." It's cool that it's dated. It doesn't have to sound like timeless all the time. And um, I don't know that my music does sound timeless, but I think that I've always been a little out of step, is the thing. And so I haven't like taken on all the flavor of the moment. You know? <laughs> I haven't done just saying that. that sentence lets us know that. Yeah, flavor. Ben, ben folds and flavor. Yeah, I, I haven't. You know, I never made my music stupid dope. <laughs> well, <laughs> but when are you going to trip that shit? Is that a thing people say? Trip they can. That was, I think so. Trip that they shit. They can. If you say, say just a little more confidence, that was pretty good. Right. When are you going to trip that shit? No, that sounds hell really what? Dog, that sounds, was good. Yeah, was uh, that okay? I think it was a little bit too white and intense. Tonight on Dream Crushers, Chris Hardwick mm. tries to talk like a cool person. Now I see what you're doing there, what? and I don't like it. I wish don't someone seem like a real person. I wish that would someone. Trip their I wish shit. someone would get in front of Simon for X Factor and be like, "Your show is very amateur." <laughs> they just recreated, yeah. like seeing the guy that looks like Randy Jackson. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Wait, that's not Randy Jackson. I don't think so. That makes no, me feel racist. Not. Then what? No, but they clearly like glasses, bald guy. Speaking yeah, yeah. of which, where's your plaid shirt and glasses? What? Oh, I didn't. I'm not on the. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> One of these things is not like yeah. the other. For those at home, there are three people with plaid shirts and glasses, yeah. and one that doesn't have it. Not me. I'm expressing myself with a polo shirt. <laughs> with a plain colored <laughs> yeah. polo shirt. Yeah. That's why, really, I think you guys should adopt a uniform in here, so no one feels left out. I mean, that's so, right. Yeah. Well, that was the, the Catholic issues. school mentality when yeah. I grew up. You had to like they didn't want it. Every, it was that. very socially. Yeah. They I wanted say we go Star Trek two uniforms. You think the so? Mo- they're the most timeless. Star Trek Two? Yeah. Rap you don't want to go next generation? Then? No. Why? They're so much nicer in Star Trek Two, Three, Four, Five, and Six. All right. From now on, that'll be the uniform. Cool. You show up next time, and we'll be sure to do it too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> want me to order yours? See or? you at the party. Okay. We'll, we'll all wear it. All, all right. right. Are you? A, were you a Star Trek fan? Um, when I was a kid, I watched the first one, but I've never seen any of them after that. Okay. So well, if you want to stick around afterwards, Matt will tell you about everyone in I'll detail. Let you in. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It never gets old. Never gets old in there. No, no, it okay. seems like you're being sarcastic right now. No, no, no. Sincerity all the way. No, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're being sarcastic. It's my new thing. Well, being sincere no, about how much more... I like to hear Matt talk about Anything. Star Trek all the time. All the time. <laughs> no, but the facial <laughs> motions that you're making right now yeah. are even more sarcastic. No, he's being yeah. sincere, you People guys. Can't, people can't hear I'm this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think we, we wouldn't lie to Dr. Drew on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Drew, go ahead. <laughs> Jonah, who touched you as a child? <laughs> who didn't? Oh. That's horrible. That's really what would be the I like that you're also pretty. I mean, one of my favorite uh, YouTube videos was the chat roulette thing that you did at the concert. Uh, did you? Did you really? Did that guy? Was it set up at all, or did that guy really not know? Was it none really? of it was set up? It, we 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 did it in three fifteen-minute installments. We took out the dicks and uh, <laughs> just well, put it together. Once we did that, we were left with thirty seconds. Yeah. Basically, everything that was on the video was what was left 
after the dicks were removed and after uh, any kind of uh, technical glitch, like you know something that froze on the screen or something yeah. like that. Was and I just captured on on my uh, uh, screen capture on my laptop on the um, piano. Wow. What was that? Was it a uh, was it an all ages show? It was, and I told I, I did tell the audience that if there were uh, you know that we couldn't control what you're about to see and and that you might if you don't like seeing lots of dicks you probably should take your kids out yeah Yeah. Yeah, for the ben folds show so many dicks yeah that's all right the kids were drunk anyway (laughs) (laughs) beat me to it oh damn it i'm sorry (laughs) give me some training wheels do you have a comedy do you have did you have a comedy background because i've always i've always thought of you as like oh ben folds he's really funny Mm. like what what's your sort of what, 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 I have my inspiration. Uh, one of my main inspirations, besides um, all, all of the soul records, was uh, Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and, and I saw all that stuff go down in real time. Like every time the, from the first time he was probably ever on television. And what was fascinating to me about it was the element of surprise, and, and there was also a dark thing in it. Mm-hmm. And my my parents were they believed it all, and I think a kid doesn't believe any of it because they, they it's like wow this is fun you know it's just fun. My mother was almost in tears one time because he was bombing on purpose, mm-hmm. and it was so good. And, and, I, and I just thought, this is, as a kid, it's like he's breaking the law. So yeah, I don't have any kind of comedy background at all, but I, I just that that would, to me was was kind of what music's all about. It's like how can you make a chorus surprising, or how can you make things an element of surprise in a form that you've seen over and over and over and over again. And he would go on television, and one time after another, it's like you know he's going to be fucking with everybody. Did it again, and people always work for it every time. Did your mom really hate Jerry Lawler? She's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> by the time the Jerry Lawler stuff came along, I guess I must have been in high school by then, and I didn't. I knew it was going on, but I guess I kind of felt like I liked his old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the old T-shirt. I lived I in like Memphis for all that, which is shit. where, like, Memphis was the epicenter of that wrestling movement. Oh yeah, and that's where, like, Jerry Lawler and all that shit happened in Memphis, and just watching him. Like he red- took out airtime and would insult Memphis. Right? Yes, yes, and you he saw would, that stuff. He, yes, and like <laughs> shitting on it was so amazing. Yeah. Like just as a kid, just being like, "Holy shit!" I mean, like here are these rednecks that are going to watch local Memphis wrestling, and here's Andy Kaufman basically telling them that they're fucking stupid, and the reason they're stupid is because he's from Hollywood and he's smart, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to sue them, and they're pig fuckers, yeah. and he's going to sue them, and it was. It was so just like watching someone shake a jar full of bees, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. No, it was good fun. That and so, so yeah, that's that's what I that's what I liked about comedy were, were people like him because it was just breaking the law. Yeah, you know, that, and that's rock and roll. I mean, that's when when there's rock music missing. I mean, I guess when he was, yeah, there was ACDC and stuff. But I mean, I'm not sure that maybe that was an era that. You know, uh, the, the edge was in comedy at that moment. He's Richard Pryor and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Andy Kaufman and, and all those guys, and that's that's pretty rock and roll. I don't think they needed guitars. So yeah. I have a real respect for comedy. And a lot of my, uh, you know, when I play uh, L.A., you know, I don't have like an actor audience, or or I've just got a lot of people like Al Yankovic, you know, yeah. who are um, who are comedians, and they come out and they come backstage. Well, because I think, you know, there's a certain, when all of your stuff, it's just like, oh, Ben, he's having fun. Like, he's funny, yeah. and he's sort of fucking with the format, and he's screwing around, and that's, you know. But I find my comedian friends like, best of all, they like the uh, the sadder music they like. <laughs> yeah, it speaks to them more. We do. Yeah, they, and they, 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 they seem to understand uh, where the, why the humor is there, and, and, and what it indicates, 
you know, because it's more of an indication of, of uh, how hard someone is, is trying to either retain their composure uh, amid something that's not that not fun, or just making a joke at a funeral because they want to lighten people up. Yeah. But they get that where a lot of people are like, oh, that guy writes novelty songs. Really? I don't know what a novelty song is. I hate novelties. <laughs> <laughs> well, a novelty song is. Uh well, novelty songs are pretty. I mean, I guess. Oh the, yes, I call them the street. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Yes, yes that's a, that's a novelty. What about Guitarzan? That's Ray Guitar Stevens. Band. Yeah. <laughs> hello, mother. Hello, father. Yep. That's not Ray. Stevens. No, no, that's not. No, a I didn't say that was song. Ray Stevens. I, I said <laughs> we were just a, naming Ray Stevens songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was trying to think of novelty songs. <laughs> that's a serious song. It's, it's a real serious song about that horrible camp. It's about abandonment. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Ray Stevens also wrote Ahab the Arab, which is very oh, poignant right. for you know. I mean, way ahead of its time. I think that was for what it didn't really make sense until post nine eleven. World came, to yeah, play. yeah. It was right. like Red Ray uh, Stevens was really <laughs> on to something. Why didn't we listen to the signs? Yeah. A they start reading his song, his songs like fucking yeah. Nostradamus quatrains. Grandma's mm. going to get hit by a reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to re, I want to remake the movie knowing the reindeer is capitalist America yeah. and grandma is the, the citizens. Let's make a sequel to Knowing with Nicolas Cage where it's Ray Stevens songs or with or the key to the world's end. Yes, I'm sure they're hard at work on Nicholas the sequel Cage to would Knowing. Do that. <laughs> he would do that. Yes, he would. Well, after season of the witch, well, uh, I don't know what to you think. win some, you lose some. <laughs> he loses most. Yeah, but he still fights. You know, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. It's always funny to hear about people like Nicholas Cage, where you go, like that guy's got like a hundred million dollars, and they go, he's lost all his money. Like, how do you spend that? What is that? How do you do that? It's all of yeah. his copies of Superman number one. I guess. I was like, did you ever see that special with the like the, the Michael Jackson special where he's walking through that gallery in Vegas and he's just pointing at stuff and he's like, I'll take that and I'll take that. And I'll take, it was like t- he just spent two million dollars in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's all it, yeah, it's, it's all relative. It's crazy. This that, however much can come in can certainly go out. I'm and then, and then there's probably there's usually some tax story behind that stuff, right? Yeah, they yeah. forgot to pay their taxes. Or they forgot. <laughs> forgot. Yeah. Air quote. Yeah. I'm sorry. I made ten million dollars this month. I forgot. You get five of that? I'm sorry. No, I didn't understand. Seems, doesn't seem right. Government. <laughs> so what? Uh, you know, when you when you sit down, do you sit down to write? I always wonder that about musicians mm. versus comedians. Do you sit down to write, or do you have to get struck by the thing? I have to get struck by the deadline. Mm-hmm. That's usually it. And um, I, I set up I set up deadlines and and basically uh, line a lot of people up uh, to uh, to be let down if I don't finish it. Because I always have songs in my head. And I always have things that I'm, I'm starting, but I find finishing it is is really tough. And 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 most of my best stuff was finished on a deadline because. Uh, we had to get in the studio, or I needed some extra stuff for a gig or something. Because you can enjoy the impulse of the song uh, without it being finished. You kind of dither it out with. Thank you, New York. I mean, you can fi- fix you can fix it in your head, but when it, it comes to making it real, that 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 becomes skill and it's work. And like you say, you have to sit down. Then yeah. you have to go. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and finish this song. Um, uh, the album I did with Nick Hornby. What I was blown away with. Uh, with Nick was that he makes writing hours every day. He writes great stuff, and that's against. If you come out of sort of my era of of, uh, of rock music, the idea is supposed to be like, oh, it just came to me and it just kind of fell out. You know, no, you had to work at it, <laughs> and, you, and you're lying when you say that. And and I've definitely implied that before, and it's not true. I work really hard at them. 
is it do you are you comfortable once something is done at being able to walk away from it and go i that's finished or do you ever kind of go ah fuck if i just had more time i would have done this or this or are you good about just letting it go i think i'm good about letting the important part of it go about letting the song part of it i think i know when the song is finished mm-hmm. i don't have much you know uh remorse and regret about what I did to the actual song. The presentation of the song is always what kind of confuses me. It's like, wow, do you record it like this or record it like that or turn it into a samba or what do you do with this? And uh, and I have a lot of ideas, but I'm never quite sure. Someone has to tell me to go home. Mm -hmm. And and, and that was was a good thing about the times I've had producers has been that they've told me to go home. And and, and then then you're finished. That's that. Do you think it's important to have someone... In other words, if you're just left completely to your own devices, like, I'm going to record this at home and I'll do it all myself, does that idea excite you or does that, is that like, no, I really need someone who can take all the stuff and then... I think I need a sense of event. Like, I really enjoyed doing this thing that we called the fake album, where um, the, the, the album Way to Normal was coming out in a month and we were in Europe and uh, we knew that it was getting ready to leak. So I thought, well, how cool. This is an opportunity to go in the studio and record all these titles with completely new music and completely new lyrics. And we'll make the whole album in one day. So wrote all the worst lyrics that we could think of. They were terrible. And, and my drummer's really good at bad lyrics. Like he had this one song about, it's like a political song about changing the world. And you know, my favorite line is, a piano's all I got, and I know that ain't a lot, but music has the power to change the future. <laughs> I mean, he's a genius with that stuff. And I would just give him something to write. He'd just go with it. So the titles were the same. But what was really cool about it, well, the joke was on me at the end because being forced to a one-day deadline, I wrote everything so fast. We recorded it really quickly. And I associate, I think that's a really good uh, recording. I really like it. And then a lot of people heard the record and were disappointed when they heard the real record because they liked the fake record, you mm-hmm. know, which uh, kind of hurts your feelings. But... <laughs> That's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's just that not, you know, that's a sense, that's like an event where you get some event. So, you know, like I'm going in to record with Ben Folds 5 in December, that's an event. So we said we'd do it. I've told people we're going to do it. So now the pressure's on and I have to do it. And that's the way we always made records before. So it will be an event. And then I'll know when to turn it in because the studio time will be over and we'll have to turn it in. There'll be a, there'll be a release date and all those things will happen. Have you written those songs yet? No. <laughs> I, have, I have bits and pieces that I've, I've thought about that I think are really good. But, um, um, but I, haven't, I haven't got full songs. When was the last time you played with them? Um, we played about two months ago to... Uh, uh, to uh, add to a retrospective album that we're releasing and um it just seemed like it'd be a good kind of book thing like you know well not book end but um you know like it's <laughs> the well, book middle you book can middle. put a, put a little, put like a little, a little thing a little gargoyle in the middle of two yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly uh yeah so so we we got together to record some stuff for that record and and uh um, I had all these ideas and we just started running with the ideas, but they sounded more kind of like the future of what we would do. They didn't sound like something that would go on a retrospective record. So there was a conscious effort to kind of back up and kind of make three songs to add to the record that sort of said something about the past that were a little more reflective and not kind of forward thinking. And then, and then I still got all these like kind of, um, you know, the future songs are still in my head, but I've been, you know, spending so much time talking and kissing ass lately. I hadn't had time to write. Well, is it, <laughs> 
<laughs> I know because you sort of locate, relocated out to LA. Yeah, I know. I've got the hang of it too. I'm getting good at this it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to meet for drinks at that place? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, power drink. Oh, you have to write. Nah, <laughs> I was all right. I don't give a shit. Don't need to write. Do you feel um, so with Ben Folds? Because this is always fascinates me about bands and groups. And so you, you know, you've worked uh, as solo, and you, you know, you've worked with different producers and people and diff- different bands. Do you? Do you feel like okay now I'm now I'm in Benfold's five mode, which is actually slightly different than solo Benfold's mm-hmm. mode? Like, do you do you see them as modes, or do you just still feel like, well, I'm just again, I'm just sort of making this stuff, or do you feel it? I think uh, it's really fun to plug yourself into a variety of of situations. Um, you can make them uncomfortable sometimes, and sometimes not. And just see how you react to it, but react honestly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, okay, well, I'm saving my, my you know, change my clothes kind of, I mean, and this has been Folds 5 mode. I just go in and react to that situation the way I, I would. And then, you know, and I play with an orchestra, then I react that way. And, uh, and, and the same as with doing the sing-off. I would never, if I just spent the, my, I think musicians brand themselves too quickly and they go, okay, I am this person. And then they take their, their, their lyrics and what their fans might think of their lyrics and the way they, they dress and everything. They begin to to, to really uh, marry themselves to it, uh, and, and I think if, if you go too long without kind of testing that and doing other things, you know, put yourself in a funk band, uh, um, do do play with string quartets, do other things that that keeps you more you, you know, because you can invent yourself and then stay stagnant inside that. And when I play with Robert and Darren, uh, Ben Folds Five, I play the way I play with them, and it just starts to happen, and that's just what happens. And I don't attempt to play that way with anyone else, uh, but. You know, but there's a similarity. You know, I remember about seven years ago, I was watching something and I heard this really pretty song on the TV in the background, and I ran over to look, and it was you and Ben Queller and Ben Lee. Mm. Yeah, and, that was and fun. The Bens. You guys did the. Did you do, did you do a, whole, a full album, or was was it a just pretend song? It was an EP, and it was the same kind of thing. It was just plugging myself in a totally different. Because I was really, I felt really free after leaving the band because I could go do all this other crazy stuff. Was it and, like breaking up with a girl a little bit? Yeah, I played the field, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get inside the other bands. Yeah. There was also yeah. those commercials. Right. I want to get up in. I want to get up in some Queller. <laughs> <laughs> There's also those commercials you did, uh, and uh, Corinne from Slater Kinney was in the. Yeah, band. that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved the. I loved the process of it because the way that you guys told the story was. Yeah, we were in a studio and we all went off in the corner and we each wrote this section of the song and yep. came back and that was the song. Yeah, and that always it just it was like, oh yeah, I guess you could do that. Like, it just never occurred to me. Like, oh yeah, you can you can do that. It's just a, yeah, and then it goes back to it's just another way of working as yourself with other people because Ben Folds Five would have never worked that way. Mm-hmm. This was just very random. We were actually were only kind of slated to be. Um, a bill in Australia or was just going to be the Ben's tour. So, um, you know, uh, the three of us were going to do solo sets separately. And then uh, Ben Lee called and said, you know, we really need to do like some kind of commemorative EP together. And even that was going to be very separate, but we got in the studio and just started making shit up. And we were in there for like two days, made a whole EP. And when we sold it in Australia, we, 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 we like charted like top five or something, just selling it out, out of the van. Oh my god! It shows it was it, it it did really really well. Who's the Australian guy tracking that? Hmm. I'm stand next to this van and see. That's one. Well, let me rephrase that. It didn't show up on the charts. It's just that we knew that we had sold twenty thousand records or something like Holy that. Shit. And the top and the top hit in in uh, in Australia hadn't sold that much. So oh my god. we just took the liberty of saying that we're in the top five. So number one, we're, we're number one. Yeah. yeah. 
We may as well just go all the way here. We, <laughs> we were number one. You won't see that if you look back at SoundScan. <laughs> Technically, we own Australia. Yeah. We kind of own that. But we took we, we knocked Dire Straits off the uh, off their fucking still, high horse. Still on the, uh, time. Dire Straits. Dire Straits. I think, uh, I think Brothers Straits in Arms is like one of the highest grossing uh, like the high, of all time in Australia. Probably, Maybe yeah. even still. E- even more than ABBA. Maybe even more than ABBA Abba's or, or huge, Pink yeah. Floyd. Hmm. It's the indigenous aboriginals that account for most of the sales. <laughs> you think that's what it is? No. Oh, okay. I don't think that at all. Hey, come on. You know, maybe you need to listen to a little band called Midnight Oil. Maybe you wouldn't take such fucking... Midnight Oil. Yeah, Midnight Oil. <laughs> How can we sleep while our beds are burning, Matt? <laughs> we take our fucking land and give it back. Give it back. <laughs> give it back. Here you go. Yeah, thanks. Dying. 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 Yeah. It's that kind of asshole where you mention Australia and I just casually get in, go into the accent. Oh, you like Australia, Ben? That's I fine. love bad Australian accents. Oh, they're great. Oh, the worst, yeah, the me better. too. <laughs> it's actually been good. You're getting good at it. You're getting good at it. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it too. Hey, I'm from Australia. Yeah. Pretty spot. Wow, on. Brisbane, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's an Australian guy doing a really good American accent. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. yeah, you flipped it there. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> Uh, so, do you still talk to the uh, the Queller and the Lee of, of the Bens? Um, I mean, is there are there any plans? I, a couple of emails here and there. I, we just all stay really busy. I think that was something we just when we got done with that and we just, you know, just kept moving. I, it, we were afraid to relive the magic. Yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, you could have. I guess you could have filmed the behind the music in real time. It was about an hour we were together. So. <laughs> <laughs> live, we're gonna live stream the behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Then the breakdown. Trouble yeah. struck, guys. I don't have yeah. any more change for the meter. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I want to hear about the uh, William Shatner album. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a really great album. I'm so proud of that one, and and it didn't it didn't sell all that well, but I thought it was a good record. Uh, we made that one in about two weeks. Really? Yeah, wrote and recorded everything, and um, he was man, he was impressive. Yeah, that pulp I, cover is incredible. Yeah, I really wanted him to do that. I pushed that one on him. Did he, uh, did he, he understand? Like what the band was? And- no, no, he didn't know where it came from. There were a few covers I was trying to push on him, and I would have him read them. I mean, I spent the first couple days uh, extensively interviewing him, uh, and we just we literally we put a um, literally. I'm gonna stop using the fucking word. We 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 hung, we hung a, a light bulb. There was a light bulb. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a real light bulb. Yeah. A bear bulb hanging in the middle of my old studio, and like a little. A little card table, and I sat in front of him with an old mic, and sorry. and and I uh, interviewed him. What the fuck, Jonah? What I was, was scratching my head. I'm sorry. I didn't, you okay? Yeah. Did you hit? I hit the mic. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to. I thought I, like picked off a mole or something. No, I just get start <laughs> bleeding profusely. Yeah. No, I just sounds like to... you fired a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those yeah. Monty Python movies, <laughs> blood shooting yeah. all no, over the fine. studio. It's fine. It's uh, fine. You're turning very pale. There's a Man. pool of. Uh... I'm just hungry. Are you okay? Just, I'm cold. <laughs> cold, Chris. <laughs> Juice I'm and so a cold. Chris, I'm so cold. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> Sorry about that. So Shatner, do you have? Did you get the sense that Shatner understands the Shatner phenomenon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in control he knows what's up yeah he's just being himself and he gets that he he he, he just you know he gave me a lot of material just in the interviewing and then i had him read some things like i had him read uh um cake a, a song by cake i like uh, uh what was that called um comfort eagle uh-huh. yeah. really cool song and i thought how cool would that be for shatner to recite this it could be really neat and then i had him recite uh the the uh, the trans the transcription of the the Hindenburg disaster. <laughs> 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 I've got that, and I, I'll, I should I should I should 
make a CD of it and sell it on eBay. You, you haven't yeah. put that anywhere yet? You know, the great one was was uh, uh, Shatner interviewing. I would have him interview people on the mic while we were to sound check, uh, interviewing Henry Rollins. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> and and I, I don't know that, that, that he ever uh, had done an uh, interview series before, but it didn't surprise me when he then did. Ron Nerve. Uh, yeah, when he did that, that was Shatner's thing, right? Yeah. Because he's really good at it. He's yeah. a great listener, and he really gets into people's heads. And I never saw or heard Raw, raw Nerve, but um, but what he was doing in the studio was great. I mean, um, you know, Rollins would kick my ass for saying that he cried or anything. He did not do that. But he, he, he had him on the couch, like, completely, like it was in psychotherapy. Wow. And it was really... Absolutely fascinating. No so one gets inside Rollins. Shat- he, no, but yeah, Shatner's he, like, uh, is he, he like penetrated Hannibal, the. Is he like Hannibal Lecter in that way? Uh, no, no, he was Lamb, just... stop screaming, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's that. He does, he does talk like that. That's, that's, that's the way he talks. But, but, <laughs> but for real, like when you're talking to him for real, he's just. He talks that way, or does he Benny, Shatner it up? Benny, you're picking at me like a chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Benny, Billy. What were he and Rollins talking about? What was he? What was he digging around in Rollins? You should about? release mom. that. You have to release that. Just the conversation between Rollins and Chad. Exactly. Talking about it's his brilliant. mom. He was talking to 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 to, to Rollins about how he grew up, uh, his relationship with his mother, his first girlfriend, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And we're just setting we're like setting levels and stuff in there. And and uh, and 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 I said to my engineer Joe, record all this shit. I don't care what you do. Record it all. He goes, Well, I'd like to get some levels. Fuck the levels. Just keep recording. This is amazing. Of course, I have no idea where that, that uh, tape sits in the studio somewhere, but we really should. I should send it to Bill and, and, and Henry because they've become friends now. Like, they watch football together. So. <laughs> <laughs> I brought, That's so weird. <laughs> I brought them together. Yeah. That, is ama- that is an amazing marriage of awesomeness. Yeah. The two, uh, R- Rollins and Shatner. Reality show. Reality show, just two buddies, the real odd couple. So well, first, so Henry had so much respect for him, which was really, really cool. And, 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 uh, and they just got along really well. I, I really like both of them. I really like Henry a lot. He's a great guy. I, I feel like the first thing uh, that should happen is, is putting the Shatner monologue of the Hindenburg over the Hindenburg footage. Yeah. I mean, that right there is 10 million views on YouTube yeah. alone. Uh, and then that that interview series sounds. Or what would be what would be another visual like something modern that 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 it could play against would be really kind of interesting too. Just a kid eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of just a bunch of chubby American yeah. kids like, like jumping in, fried in good food. in good slow motion like high yeah. speed you yeah. know just just shoving it in. Yeah, be great. like the Red Sox collapse. I don't, I don't know what that is. I'm just saying. It's very what, what happened? tragic. They, collab- Red they had Sox? a nine-and-a-half game lead, and they're tied right now, and there's two games. Oh, that would work. Yeah. He really went over the top. I was expecting him to do it, but I was learning about how he, uh, you know, how he delivers and what, what his method is because when he read the Hindenburg thing, he was aware of, you know, he, he, he'd heard it a million times. It's like, and the Hindenburg, you know, or whatever it is, all the humanity. You've heard that, right? And he just really overdid it. I mean, he was crying and wailing and yelling up into the sky and stuff. And, and, and I thought, okay, well, I can't let him do this on this record. Like, this is the opposite of what we need to do because um, that's what people expect of him. And he's funny and his timing's funny and everything. But what I realized is the most powerful thing would be if he just gave us the truth. Yeah. Just like, tell us your story, things about your life, what, what you love, what you don't love, what, what, just the things you write songs about. And, and, and when he would do it in a really animated way, 
he got sick of this. But I'd say, could you just do it straight this time? I just want straight taking goes, But you're going to use it if I do it that way. I say, yeah, I probably will. Uh, but but let's give it let's give it that go. And and he thanked me for it when it was over because I think he realized that um, I had his back. I didn't want him to come off like a clown. I wanted him to come off like him. You know, that's so funny. I mean, that's uh, I, you know, I, you're, as you're saying that, for some reason, I'm starting to think about. Leslie Nielsen, yeah, and just that that period of his career, you know, with the Zucker brothers, where it was like <laughs> where so he good. was just straight, yeah. And then at a certain point, he realized, like, wait a minute, I'm funny, I'm fucking funny. <laughs> and then there were a string of movies where he was totally like playing the comedy. I was like, no, oh, I mean, I love him. To, I yeah, love yeah, him yeah, to yeah, death. He's all good. Yeah. But but yeah, but yeah. there's that point where you're like, oh no 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 no, go back to before yeah. when you were still like straight guy. You don't have to do Spy Hard and Mr. Magoo. You no. don't have to. No, but he did, and I'm okay with Spy Hard. Are you? <laughs> you okay with it? Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. If not, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. Al did the soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's true. It's a really good opening credit sequence. It is. It's like Al swimming through. We yeah. were sort of gushing about Al on the way over, but one, yeah. one of the best people ever. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Who just never ceases to amaze me, but it's like he's still fucking awesomely relevant, and that just that makes me happy. No, that's. I think we should all bow right now in the direction of Doheny. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just take a I second. Mean, is there any? Is there? You know, like. Every most of the comedy people that I know, and a lot of it, like, there are so few people that I feel like were not touched by that guy in some. Well, anyway. well, he he touched. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah exactly. <laughs> name someone, yeah. please. <laughs> I mean, I mean, name you know, creatively, who wasn't who wasn't touched by that that guy in some way? Did you? You must have been a huge growing up. That would be a great record of uh, touched by Yankovic. <laughs> touched, touched by, by an owl, owl Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Roma Downey. I'm here with Al Yankovic. He was interviewed on uh, on Rotten Earth. He Oh, Al was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. How was yeah. it? It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a good interview. Yeah. yeah, real deep. That's what the whole show is about. And just and the, the the seating arrangement on that show is neat. It's like, you remember that old uh, SNL commercial? The toilets. The, yeah, the, the love toilet? Yeah. That's what the seat was like. It was just two chairs, like, <laughs> matched in the middle, facing opposite ways. Yeah. And, really? Yeah, facing each other. And, like, his, his like, Chandra's hand was on the other person's hand a lot of the time to kind of comfort them. But, yeah, it was, it was a great episode. It's right. downloadable on iTunes. They're not making hmm. that show still. No, no. But it's a... It's, I mean, you want it to be longer. You want it to be longer and have more of the. But it's like kind of cut for commercial and stuff like that. I'm just going back to something you said earlier. I'm fat. I guess it just hit my brain. But I'm fascinated by the idea that you said when you set out, you really kind of wanted people to just do your songs. Yeah. Like rather than. I mean, so at what point did you go? Ah, fuck! I'll just sing them. Or was that just? Were you just sort of biding your time until that happened? Well, I always have had um, very low self-esteem about singing. It's not something I'm comfortable with. Even now, I'm just not comfortable with it. I would show people, I would get like official singers, you know, like, like the, the guy who's in the neighborhood who's known for singing, and bring him around and show him the song, and then he could record it for me. And uh, I couldn't get them to take out all the jive. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like, you know, show them something like, uh, I, I don't know, um, you know, I love Al. And they go, I love Al. Soul yodeling, we and call they, that. Soul yodeling, yeah. Soul. They do something to it which would make it sound, um, uh, would just make it not, it didn't, I didn't buy it, that's all. And, and I just thought, you know, that, that a vocal should be, how cool would it, I had a theory, you know, that the vocal should not have vibrato and it shouldn't have any licks and it should just be like a real plaintive, just straight ahead, stoic uh, uh, delivery of the lyrics and that people would really listen to the lyrics then instead of the notes. And um, after a while, I realized no one was going to do it. 
And I got more comfortable just showing them, you know, uh, just hearing myself sing didn't make me want to vomit anymore, which I used to get so nervous, you know, even just to show the guys a song. I would say, here's the song. I start to show them a thing. I would just get just clam up and get nervous. I just felt like it was something I couldn't do. Uh, but it took me a while. I, I was probably, I think I landed the plane on that issue uh, right as Ben Folds 5 was breaking. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, and one of the reasons is I was looking through all of my um, material for this retrospective, um, the cutoff date for me was anything prior to being just comfortable enough to actually deliver the song. Because before that, it just I sounded like shit. You th- really? You honestly thought it Oh, absolutely. It's horrible. God, but your voice is so... It's so great. Oh, you know no. that now, No, right? I don't. No, no, but I think... It. It's at least it's comforting to me to know this that... This is going to get like raw nerve. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> lay, it on, lay on the couch. Lay on the couch. No, it's just... It, it's comforting to me, and I'm sorry that it's because of a at painful thing for you. But it's comforting to me to know that even people that you look up to and you go like, oh, no, they've made it, you know, that that, that they still have the same insecurities and the same mm-hmm. kind of stuff that, you know, you had when you, when you started out. Well, and it kind of ties into uh, some of the other stuff we were talking about. You, you plug yourself into other situations and you cause deadlines and you, you, you try to move along quickly because no one is qualified, no artist is qualified to tell you what works about what they do. Mm-hmm. The thing that actually reaches people, like that, like that touches people, like Al, is, <laughs> is, is the thing that they can't see. It's the thing that's directly in the middle, so no matter how many times you turn around, it's right there in the center and you can't see it. And that's why when I produce people, I like to get them out of their that zone. Because they always think, if you ask someone, like, why did people, you know, people liked you in high school, why is that? And someone's like, well, and I was a class clown, and, and, and I gave people candy, or they'd come up with some crap. And then, you know, you ask the, the people in the class, go, no, it's because he was a nice guy, and it was because I like this and this. It would be different reasons. So, so artists begin to arm themselves with all these reasons that they are that they work and then they arm the re- themselves with uh, the reasons that they don't work and their insecurities and and I have no idea I mean I I trust that when I make pitch mouth noises that uh, that it's acceptable for a commercial recording that it's a commercially viable recording but I, I, I don't I don't accept that it's something that that, uh, that I think is very good that I would want to hear I, I do intellectually but I don't otherwise it's we're, we're in such a like the American Idol culture of what's happened to singing now yeah. drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. Because when you listen to if you listen to old recordings, like you listen to someone like Etta James or old Stevie Wonder, they're not they're not. I mean, Stevie did some crazy stuff with his voice, but He's it dancing with it, he could. But yeah. it wasn't like I feel. I feel like what's happening is people are confusing technical proficiency with soul, and it's like no. Just going at the end that that you're just fucking showboating. That doesn't mean that you actually have a story to tell or any right. soul or any kind of thing. It just means you can control your voice and you. And I feel like people should be sparing with that shit. Yeah, I prefer that. And at the same time, and then what happens is we say that and we 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 we, we kind of put that in a in sort of some policy that you file away in your head. Then someone comes along the next day that does all that jive ass shit that you were talking about, and we love it because <laughs> for some reason they connect in that way you know so who knows but i agree with you i'd rather hear someone suck straight ahead yeah. like uh than 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 suck with all the technique i think it was angela adams had some really great quote about uh a technically perfect photograph 
of no idea at all is much worse than uh, than a, a, a you know shitty photograph with a good idea or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it's strange coming from him because everyone always said he was Mr. Technique. Yeah. But but what he was saying was if you don't have an idea, if you don't have anything to say. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which I think is the way he worded it, actually. Come to think of it, that was the quote. You, he said, if you ain't going to bring it, dog, then shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Take that shit downtown. Downtown, yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Ansel Adams. You're getting good at that. Yeah, that's what Ansel said, yeah. That's what- <laughs> yeah. It's one of those inspirational, demotivational posters. It's just like Bert and then him. <laughs> that writing underneath. It was, it was a bunch of trees that just formed motherfucker. Like a perfect, he managed to shoot this perfect black and white landscape. <laughs> Very talented. Um, Mostly you, black. <laughs> Mostly, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> His Ow. book was good. Chris, what the fuck? Chris. For those of you at home, Chris has impaled his eye on an SM57. Now we have two people really spurting the, blood. Really the best mic to impale yourself on. I, I got I to gotta hand it, it to It makes it for the best noise, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing so hard that I leaned forward, and I'm not used to these like shotgun style mics, and it just yeah, yeah, neither am I. A lav would have gone right up your nose. Yeah, you know? I could have yeah, been yeah. horribly killed. They would have been. I would have had to pull that out of my brain. A little French boy on an airplane with a fist about the size of this the the capsule of this SM57 microphone punched me in the eye in an airplane one time, and it was so painful because his fist was just like just the size. His mother. It was one of those three-seater things, and he and his French mother and me, it looked like we were a family. Mm-hmm. And I was like 28 years old. I was horrified at the idea of anyone thinking that I might like have, kind of have a family. I was right. like, that's not very rock and roll. No. <laughs> and she said, could you look after my – well, you can, do the, you can do the Australian accent, so you can do this, yeah, right? Pardon me. Would you look after my – how do you say – shitty child? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So she said that, and then she, uh, she went to the bathroom, and this kid just started getting really naughty. And I was like, shh, 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 be quiet. And, and he's like, <laughs> and I did that back to him, joking, thinking he would think that's funny. He's like, and I said, Bleh. Boink. Whoa. Little motherfucker popped me right in the eye. Didn't have my glasses on. And it went like right into the socket. Oh. I, I, she I comes just, back. His hand's just in your head. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, by the time she comes back, then I'm beating the shit out yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, it was horrible. <laughs> I couldn't explain to her. Your, your child hit me. You don't even know. You're crying. You, you don't yeah, even yeah. know what he did to me. Your oh. child made me experience the most pain of my life. Yeah. And yeah. then the, one, the, the mom goes, me too. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Could you ever imagine a we child causing so much pain? Uh, hey, we. Hey, we. Hey, we. Yeah. Um, do you, when uh, he came out of my wee. When he came out of my wee. <laughs> it is no longer. He's a big, yeah, huge. Uh, like, uh, I like how we always revert to like some kind of Mexican accent. Yeah, I'm like, like, where is that going? <laughs> yeah, what the, uh, he's, I, always, I always go to Italian for some reason. Like, oh. He was like a prosciutto. <laughs> my vagina is like prosciutto. Like, I don't know why I always Salty. go to Italian. Salty, yeah. But slim. Yeah. Um, did you write a song about it? I feel like a little French boy punching you in the eye. There's a song in there somewhere. There's a song in there somewhere. There is. And I if it turns to... up on the next Ben Folds 5 album, that would be fine with me. Points. Punch me in the eye. He punched me in the eye. Punch. You got to be repetitive these days. It's like that has to go... If that's going to be a hit, it really ha- you have to drive it home. He punched me in the eye. He punched me in the eye. Now, I- uh, 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 Where did he punch you? In the eye. 
We're in the eye. You got to repeat it a bunch so it could be mashed up with a hip hop song, and then it'll become a hit. Then it goes. Then one day. Then those Kia hamsters are driving to it. That sounds like it might be a song by Maroon Five. Five. Have you ever worked with an artist where you're producing and they're kind of shitty, and no, you haven't. Not yet. I'm, I haven't. But you, anyway, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm lucky because I don't have to do that for a living. I can only do one every once in a while something I really love. But I'm sure I've worked with sh- with shit, shitty people. Let me let me run that back. Keep keep. keep no, that it. was actually that totally answered my question. That's, yeah, because well, I just I'm fascinated by. I have this idea that nice people. That if you ask a bunch of nice people, like, have you ever worked with assholes? Most of them will be like, eh, you know, not really. Mm. And then I feel like there's some people that just sort of create the drama. Yeah. And that, that, that they're sort of magnets for it. Yeah, asshole magnets. Kind of. Because yeah. I don't, I mean, I've been doing television for a long time, and I don't feel like I've ever worked with someone where I'm like, what a fucking, they wouldn't come out of their thing. And they, yeah. I've never had that I don't see before. much of that either. It's weird. And, and, but people, people like that, that myth, you know. The guy that just the guy is a raging asshole all over the set. Then you have to get him out of the trailer. He's face down in a pile of coke, naked, and all this stuff. I've never seen that before. Like well, people are really not. There was a mirror around. <laughs> it's hard to see when you just white on your eyes. Yeah. Snow blind. That's my new album. I don't know why I brought that image up. It's not something I ever even thought of before. But. No, but I think people do like to. to, to they they like the idea that 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 performers and people are assholes but I guess there's also people who attract those people in their lives so they attract those to work with I yeah. guess but I, I don't like to attract people that, that can't some some producers like working with artists who aren't that great because they feel they're malleable and it, they, it allows them to put their stamp on it sure. so they can kind of save the day and come in to save the day but I'm more interested in documenting what they do and being part of it yeah do you uh, do you find that um just kind of the way that you approach I just feel like you've carved out your own thing and I think that's kind of what I've always been so I've always like ah oh, that Ben Folds I, I really like that I really like that guy how, how important do you feel like radio airplay now like the, the classic form of the business do you feel like any of that's important anymore or do you just feel like I'm going to do what I'm going to do well I have to have the attitude that I'm going to do what I'm going to do but if you know lightning strikes in radio or on the internet or in, in like you know churches or wherever um, they, then they should just take it away and I'm very lucky to, to have it I, I you know I probably probably radio is not really where I'm, I'm going to ever live again I don't think but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off it's just it's not necessary for me because um, I don't know how it works yet I went to Pandora and the guy who started that showed me the behind the, the scenes way that, that the musicologists uh-huh. there rate all their all, all the songs mm-hmm. to, so that they can they have to find some algorithm or whatever right. to, to make them work together and it's fascinating those it guys are on it well man. they'll it's tell so you cool. if you go on to Pandora's website and it and you pick it you select a channel and then you and then it brings up a song it'll tell you if you you know like if you click on a, on a link we selected this song because you like music that has harmonies and mid-range yeah. bass tones. And, yeah. this and, this and, this and there's stuff. pages and pages of, the, of that analysis behind it, though. It's fascinating, like down to like spectral analysis and the key center and, and, and the, the key movements and the, the tone of the words and the pronunciation and all this shit. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a, it's weird, though, because sometimes they'll be on the mark and other times you'll be like, well... These bands maybe to a naked ear sound exactly like, but they're completely different yeah. bands. Like you know, even just but that, that, that's when you bring in that's like, well, this band politically would never be anywhere near this other band. Even right. though they're both playing. You I'm know, but then you can give it the thumbs band. down, and it won't. It yeah, won't yeah, like yeah, exactly. I like the the genius playlist algorithm on iTunes. Have you ever like 
had it create a genius playlist That's, for you? Yes. Oh. My phone has a knock thing, has a knock or something. Sorry. That's, oh, it's oh, that's okay. no, it's just, that's I was just talking about the genius playlist thing on, on iTunes where you just select a song and then, or whatever. Yeah. And then you just click the genius playlist button and it, you know, it downloads everything up to the cloud or rather puts it up to the cloud and then it gives you an algorithm and then it just puts a 25 song playlist in front of you. I just, I like what RDO does. You know, I know I bring it up all the time, but like, you know, they, they do a thing where it's, you know, artists, they separate it with artists. Inspire. You're listening to a band, and these are the artists that inspired this band. These yeah. are the like the these are the contemporaries of this band, and these are the bands that were inspired by this band. That's and I cool. think that's a better way to go about it. And whose is that? What's that? That's RDIO. R-D-I-O dot com. Oh. It's a uh, it's like Spotify, or it's like it's like a pay site, like a um, you know what's that other one? It's just like subscription. You know, kind yeah, of subscription stuff. Oh. And big controversy with Spotify. What is it? They formed a partnership with Facebook. And oh. so now, if you want to sign up for Spotify, you have to sign up with your Facebook account, and yeah. it will tell people what you're listening to. And it's just like, hey, maybe give people the choice. Yeah. Maybe I don't want everyone to know what the fuck yeah, I'm listening they to. Just, they need to connect every everything. Everything needs to be connected. But I, I do like I do like RDO a lot, and it's it's a it's a great way to just uh, you know because sometimes, sometimes you forget you forget about bands, and like if yeah. you're listening to you know you know Super Chunk, you're like, oh, I t- forgot all about you know this See. other band, yeah. Like a Portostatic. Oh yeah, I love Portostatic. Why I've been listening? I've been listening to them forever. Do you go out of your way to listen to new? Do you force yourself to listen to new stuff just to try to stay like? Mm, I never have, um, but I find that it, it it finds you. You know, like if something's really interesting to you, it'll, it'll tweak your ear somewhere. And if you unless you're living in a cave, which I have before, but uh, it, you know you, you'll hear it. And but I, I don't really. Every once in a while, I'll go on one of those trips where I just go around the the internet and do that. If you like this, you'll like this kind of thing for a night, and that usually sets me for about a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then then you just pay attention to 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 what's going on. But I'm not that interested in in staying like right up to the minute. Um, I never have been. Who are you? Who are you listening to currently? Like who do you? Who Nat do you get? King Cole. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a lot of uh, Rubenstein playing Chopin. Uh, Shostakovich. Uh, can you play? Can you play Chopin? No. No. I just like to listen to it. Yeah. I can't play it. I mean, I, I guess I could play it if that's what I set my mind to. But I stopped kind of playing. Um, like by reading music and all the ways that you would do it. I I just ceased doing that when I was about nine. Oh wow! Yeah. So because I just had songs in my head, I wanted to get out, and that wasn't leading there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, listening to it does lead to ideas. You know, it spurs you on. But actually playing it and getting inside it, then you understand how it works, and that's good. But I, I, I I'm not sure that was the way for me to be a creative. So I didn't do it. I, but I never learned other people's music either. Like people say, oh, you must know like Billy Joel songs. I, I, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard them and I like them, but I never sat down and and, and learned to play them. Except for Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer, I learned because I was going. Elton was going to sit in at one of my gigs, which I had to cancel. Which was a, I so regret that. Oh no! Oh. What happened? Well, I sat in with him in, in, in Adelaide at the Normo Dome there, and we played the bitches back, and it was fun. You know, I, I played on my little electric keyboard that they'd given me, and I'd look up, and he was like, you know, playing <laughs> playing this big one with his ass, and you just hear the crowd roar, and I was like, what what the what's happening? And I'd look up, and he's he's. <laughs> he was so cool. He was just like such a ham, and uh, and and then so it's like okay, well he was going to come sit in with me in Sydney, and and I was like holy shit, I got to learn one of his songs. I've never done that, so I learned Tiny Dancer. Unfortunately, we we booked two shows there, and the promoter canceled one of them. 
because we didn't sell tickets. Ben, I'm sorry to cancel your show. You didn't sell tickets. Yeah, tickets. And you're, but you're like, oh, that's so adorable. I don't mind that you're giving me horrible news. You bloody disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So they just can't, they totally... Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of decided with them. It's one of the only gigs I've ever canceled. And we, we canceled because the first night sold really fast, and then they tried to sell the second night. For whatever reason, it just didn't happen at the Inmore Theater. So, so we shit-canned it, and Elton couldn't do that night. And uh, So we just didn't, we, we didn't do it. So I learned Tiny Dancer, and I was walking around with this cover that I knew. So I thought, well, I'll start doing it live. Did you, do you find I, – what I'm starting to notice in comedy with live shows is that there's a certain cultural penetration that you have in each city. And it's surprisingly <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I, I've sort of watched like, well, in the last couple of years, I sell this many tickets. Just in any city, it will be about this number. Yeah. Do you find that that's, that's the same with, with, what you, with music? Um, r- roughly. I mean, different, different – you know, territories or markets definitely is a, a little different. I think, um, you know, like I, I do better in the Northeast mm-hmm. than I do say in the Southeast, right. you know, and I guess that's just cultural. I, I'm from the South. I don't know why they, they won't, <laughs> why they won't come out. I don't know. <laughs> say, yeah. I'm not sure why, but well, for some reason I always identify more with, with the, with the, with the Yankees. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Jonesboro, Arkansas is probably a tough market uh, to break into. <laughs> Have you done that? No, no, no. Well, no, I've played in, um, I played in Arkansas and uh, I feel like maybe Mississippi once and then just some other comedy clubs like around Tennessee. And it's it's not I mean, you know, there are certainly people there who are our crowd. Yeah, they'll come out of the woodwork. But there's not a lot of them, really. It's harder to get. It's harder to get to a niche crowd anywhere. And and yeah, in the South, it is uh, it's going to be a little more niche because it's just culture a little different. Probably wouldn't wouldn't be as good for you. But the people that are there. Would probably love that you came and love what right. you do. You know, you play for a small audience and they'd be more more into it. I love that comedians say, "I played this room or I played that room." It's yeah. so old school. It is it's cool. I mean, it's I like I'm talking to, to Don Rickles or something. <laughs> I don't know how else to. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I get. I, I talked there. I, I talked in front of these strangers. Yeah. yeah. I went up and said things at people's faces. I did comedy once, very recently. You did? What? Where? Well, it wasn't good. What? Um, my, I, I was playing in Milwaukee. I was outside uh, playing on a festival, and it started pissing down rain. It was probably dangerous for me to be out there, but the, the piano was absolutely soaked, and it wasn't my piano, and it was like buckets on the, on the keyboard. I couldn't even keep my fingers on the keys, and, and it was just blowing you know, water everywhere. And so uh, I, I thought, okay, no one stopped me, but I'm going to take it on by myself to just close the lid of the piano to save the pin block but then the audience I look out at the audience and there's all these kids out there and it's like eight, ten thousand 10,000 people and they're getting soaked and they deserve a good show but I, I probably only play piano so I thought okay well, I'm going to have to be a monkey for a little while because I really feel guilty that they've come out and I thought maybe the rain will pass wrong it wasn't going to pass anytime soon and so I picked up the mic and I went out front and I said I have a dream and for my whole life to be a bad stand-up comic, and I would like you guys to boo everything. <laughs> and I'm just going to – this is kind of from Andy Coffin. I'm just going to tell all the jokes I know very sincerely. I'm not telling you bad jokes. I'm doing the best that I can, but I want you to boo. And, uh, and so they did for a little while, and then they started laughing at them. But they were terrible jokes, and they were all really dirty. And then I looked down, and it's like, it's different to sing dirty words, and there's children in the Music audience. Music makes everything okay. That's it makes right. everything palatable. When you're standing there by yourself and you and you say something really foul, yeah, you really kind of got to, 
you know, own it. Yeah. Like, and I looked down, and there's these people, and I could tell they were pissed. They were like, he's really stepped over the line here. That fool stood out there and like like started talking shit, and right. that's bad. And the kids are there. And uh, it, it actually felt really bad because then I felt like I was only trying, <laughs> only trying to kind of be somewhat of an entertainer and give these people their money's worth. But my piano was soaked, and I didn't want the the piano rental uh, place to have a bad piano. So I was going to go up and start. It started good, but I realized that you guys really—that's a tough gig. It wasn't even funny when they were booing me; it just felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even when you ask for it, yeah, still even, like oh, it's not something is. There's a mechanism that says that's not right. It's not right. I think that's right. Yeah, you know, I pretend they were saying brew. <laughs> sure. Are they saying boo urns? Boo urns. Or they're ghosts <laughs> haunting your theater. What was an example of a bad, a bad dirty joke that you told? Um, let's see. Uh, I, told, I told all the jokes I could remember. First of all, my first joke was, because it's the first joke that I remember from being a kid, because uh, Mr. Pibb had just come out, and, and no one you know, quite knew what to make of it yet. It's a big marketing thing. It tastes like Dr. Pepper and stuff. And the joke was, this is I was like third grade. I didn't understand it. Why did Why does Mister Pibb come in the can? Why his wife died? <laughs> <laughs> See, no kid would really understand yeah, that yeah, joke. Yeah. It's fine. That's a true joke grenade. That's yeah, like that's great. Fifteen years later, <laughs> finally, finally got it. Uh, and then I told my little Superman joke because Superman flying around the world. I'm, I'm, my timing's fucking horrible. Sorry, but it, t- Superman flying around the Earth. Speed of sound or light or whatever he does, and he looks down in a, in a, a, a field, much like the one that, that I could mm-hmm. relate to them, like much like the one today, like a field <laughs> you're standing in. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, this is about me. And Wonder Woman is naked, writhing in ecstasy in this field. So uh, Superman sees his chance, flies down at the speed of sound. Oh, I can do the comedian thing. Bam, 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 bam. Nails her, flies back off into the sky. Sorry, Mr. Engineer. <laughs> flies back off into the sky. Wonder Woman says, the fuck was that? Invisible Man said, I don't know, my ass sure hurts. <laughs> so I was just telling all the jokes I knew See, from being kids kid. love comic book characters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just feels like and that would play. Sex. They love it. Yes, they love it. <laughs> Those kids were drunk to begin with, and that's really when you can make <laughs> anal sex really happen. rape because he didn't know what happened. He didn't yeah. know. <laughs> and the Invisible Man was, was his fault for being invisible. No court would have convicted Superman of anal rape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Your fault. Honor, Exhibit A, yeah. I can't see anything. Case closed. That's right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's not a court on Krypton it would convict. There's not anything on Krypton. Oh, you know me not to be rash or impulsive, but if we don't evacuate this planet, um, do you? Uh, do you? I, I know we just. <laughs> Where they spell cock with a K. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did you end up doing songs at that show, or was it just like I'm just gonna get off stage now? You know, my tour manager is 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 pretty funny guy. I was getting ready to walk off after it was done. He goes, "I think you really better play another song because okay. he meant I think you better make this feel a little better because it doesn't feel because it didn't feel good." So I was like, "Okay." So I, I opened up the the wet piano and 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 played another song to kind of bring people back together through the miracle of music. And but, when you get to the end, you're like, "Superman is flying around yeah, the earth." You yeah, just yeah. do the jokes, but songs. Yeah, and then do it like modern he nailed his ass 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 he nailed that ass ass I'm telling you you should try that sometime you should take all those jokes make them musical and just weave them into a show I think that would fucking destroy that could be good oh man I had an idea like that the other day I was thinking I should take did you ever hear and I really like it too actually I, I, I empathize with the guy uh, the Ryan Adams tape where he's he's going off on oh, the oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did someone like, asked him to play did someone 
No, but, no, you're thinking of the summer '69. Someone asked joke. to play summer '69, and he flips I, out. Yeah, I know the guy who paid people uh, fifty bucks uh, every time that they would. He started it. He was a. Uh, 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 it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, no, it wasn't like that. It was he. He got he, he got upset because uh, um, he got in really really shitty review and it probably was really personal and mean and and just a very bullying review and you could tell what it was and ryan called the guy's house and he left a really long message and you guys have heard yeah. it and, and uh i didn't hear it actually may, it? can you can you reference are you allowed to play that like can you play that in your in your in your oh, podcast yeah, we can, oh, we can play whatever we want that's great well because Actually, he had a lot of points. The guy had, uh, had like, like Ryan had a lot of things. I know he's, he's, he could have been drunk. I don't know. But I thought well, it would be great to put that to music. <laughs> that would be a good song. Then I would a, credit him for lyrics. There was a, there was a really good, uh, uh, there was this band called Hickey, a punk band from a while back, that um, stole uh, the trumpet from the band Voodoo Glow Skulls, which was like a ska punk band. Uh, but the, those guys are a bunch of like you know jockey assholes, and they they stole the trumpet. And like the guys from Hickey, are very much a, like a very messed up drug addict punk band from the Bay Area. Uh, they they stole the they stole the trumpet. Everyone knows they stole it. Some like they played a show. Everyone knows. And then uh, so um, Voodoo Ghost Skulls guys start calling. They find like the number of like one of the guys from Hickey and just start leaving death threats. Oh shit! And it was like it's like we're with the U.S. thugs. We're gonna kill you, Hickey. You go fuck with the VGS. Like all this. You know, uh, machismo bullshit. And then uh, what Hickey did was uh, put out a split seven inch. Hickey and the Voodoo Girl Skulls on, the, on <laughs> side A and side Hickey. Uh, two of their best songs they ever recorded. Some of the catchiest things they've ever did. Side B was all of those uh, answering machine messages with a really shitty trumpet being played in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this works. 11 a.m. December 19th. Hey, Jim. This is Ryan Adams. Um, just call and say hi. Well, somebody sent me your fucking stupid bullshit review of my show. I'm finally home, getting over the flu. And, like, what is your problem? Like, you just ha- you have to, you have to come after me. Like, you, um, you have to make some kind of weird point to, like, fuck with my, whether I'm, like, legitimate or whatever. And, like, you mentioned in the end that, like, the fans eat it up, but, like, you're, but, but, but you're different. You're, like, the voice of reason. Is there a Mardi Gras in the background? Because, like, I make music that's, like, the replacement or, like, Courtney Love or, like, some bullshit. Like, it can't just be fun. You know, you do this to me, like, every time I come to town. And, like, your fucking ending note to self, note to Ryan Adams, wish you were anywhere but here. It's like, you know, fuck you, man. Like, fuck you, you asshole. Oh, I feel bad, man. No, 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 but he's got a point. Nobody... Nobody's interested. Like nobody's interested in your in your bullshit. Like you obviously have like a problem with me, not with the music, because you can't refute it. Obviously, because it's too fucking good, and you know it is. Well, I don't know but if I would say that. Um, yeah, I mean, let it go. But you write about me every chance you can get. But but I'm sure Ryan doesn't want to hear hear, hear that again. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, but the thing is, is there's something really cool and honest. Whether I mean, if I had left that message, I probably would hate to hear it come back over and over again. Yeah. But there's something really cool about it's it's so uncool to call the critic up and kind of, kind of confront him that I think that there's really kind of something to it. It is, but but what I was saying was I don't know if I would say that is to say like just because you know the music's good like that's well, like well Ryan Adams did make the album Pneumonia with the song Jacksonville Skyline I think he could do whatever he wants okay He's all right the, so no that's, that's fine button. He's yeah brilliant but. No, I know what you're saying because that's probably that's a that's a that's but he's a, he's emotional. Listen, I I'm of the mindset that you should never make phone calls, send emails, 
or talk tweet to back. anyone or tweet <laughs> when you're emotional. Right. I know I tweet back at people yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I do the same thing. Do I you? Do, yeah. There are people. You, you should. No, you're exactly right. And in fact, we you had can this. Never take it back. No, and, and that's right. And emails, man. Kids out there. Don't press send. Like, just don't. There needs to be a campaign called "Don't Save press. to Draft." Write it out. Save to draft. Yeah. Delete it. Write it out. Get it all out of your system. And but then just delete don't it. address it because no. it because could go want. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I've, I've done that before. Where you go, you know, I write all the stuff that that Ryan just said into an email. Don't address it, and then go ahead and delete it. Yep. Uh, I think he's probably better off to use pen and paper. Still, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it seems like it's, the, the, the internet is a rough, it's a rough place. Are but people I, still shitty to you? Sometimes I feel like everyone's. I night. think that um, not at the moment, Good. But, but they they I could have interpreted it like that two or three years ago, and maybe in a couple of years I could do so again. I think you can you can get into the kind of naval observation as a as a uh, as a popular artist that you can kind of look for it, and then you can get bummed out about it, and kind of uh, it's kind of like pushing on sore teeth or something. It's like mm-hmm. that hurts. I'm going to do it again. That hurts. Yeah, you don't know why you do it. Uh, but I think, you know, for the most part, it's pretty positive. Um, but, um, you know, you bring it on yourself if you I, – I, 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 you know, I, a few years ago I got – you know, uh, I was in the middle of a divorce and a lot of people were writing a lot of stuff that I wasn't comfortable with. I was like, I've got kids and these things are – these things that people are saying. It's like, you know, the, my kids will be able to Google this at some point. It's not nice. And I tried to take it on like – Kind of like not really what Ryan just did, but more by saying, you know, if you wouldn't mind, but you can't do that. Like, because if you engage, then they just go further. And then you bring about your own negativity. I think the thing is to concentrate on your art and, and, and be nice to people, <laughs> you know, and not do what, 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 uh, what Ryan has done. But I kind of respect it because, uh, you know, just because he did it. Who else has done that? It's cool. Yeah. I wonder, did the guy respond besides? Putting the message on the internet. That was his response. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it's a powerful response too. I guess <laughs> it's a pretty powerful yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's like Tai Chi. <laughs> but the emotional thing is interesting because, like, um, you know, we, we were doing this show, the Sing Off, and there. Uh, when when does this air, podcast? This will go up within a couple of weeks. Within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, then I think I could probably say it uh, ahead of time. We film these things, you know, and like I don't like to to, to bust. A, a group has an emotional performance on on the show. Uh, that is something that's kind of in real time. It's like a thing happened in the family and they decided to sing about it right on the spot. And I was completely flustered because emotionally I was connected to the story and the fact that, um, that the bravery that they just came out and were emotional about what I realized is you don't make music in an emotional state either. You don't make the music while you're emotional. You use the content like Bruce Lee, like emotional content. Interesting. Because otherwise it'll drive you. And, and, and at what point do you just not fall on the floor? And go, ah! right. I mean, you know, like that's expression, but it's, it's expression that's driving you. So you're not engaging, uh, oh, you know, you're not uh, navigating it. Uh, but then I, re- I realized I was like, yeah, you know, most of the, most of the things that I've written, I think are really on the, on the money are, are songs where I went through it, almost processed it and wrote in that sweet spot where I could understand the weight of it, but I wasn't charged, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't emotional anymore. So yeah, I think when people get emotional, they should definitely take two steps back and pause all that stuff. Cause anything you say during that state's not making sense. You know? Yeah. And, and also that's when you're going to start going down really weird path. Like once you, once you descend into that lizard brain, <laughs> yeah. it's fucking over yeah. and you just start saying shit uh, like a child yeah. 
and then you punch a stranger in the eye with your tiny French fist. I know. <laughs> that kid was going through some shit. <laughs> he tiny was French fist. He was. Tiny, wrench, tiny Ryan Adams. That was, his, that was the child's defense mechanism. <laughs> <Yeah. in>. And <laughs> you were making fun of him. Fist of Fury. Do people, I mean, like when, when young songwriters, you know, which I'm sure, I'm sure you get this a million times. I mean, as a comedian, you get it all the time. How do I start? Like, what, what do you say to people with, with songwriting? Do you, is it the simple, like, just fucking do it. Don't, add, don't mm. talk about it. Just do it. People are often not really asking uh, about the art form. They're asking about how I make it, you know, and they like, how do I get started? And you get down to it and they kind of want to know how to succeed. Right. Um, and because there's no way you can say in 10 minutes, well, yeah, you know, you should start studying Prokofiev immediately. Uh, and, and then, but then there's no answer to their, their, their question. I always just say it's like music. It's like a VH1, you know, music first, mm-hmm. just concentrate on your music. Forget all that other shit. Literally. Damn it, I said it again. <laughs> Ironically, the opposite of VH1. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, that's right. Music has definitely become but basketball last. wise. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Music well, last. Yeah. Yeah. Music last. Wow, we can, so we can make those old MTV jokes from the 90s for about VH1 now. You know, yeah. people always fucking complained, especially when I was working at MTV, they'd be like, you guys don't play music videos anymore. Like, yeah. no one watches them. If people that's a watched problem. music videos. Yeah. Well, I suppose because it became real estate that was purchased. Right. Like yeah. anything. It's like when the record companies come in and, 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 and leverage what you're going to watch. When it began, it was just all freeform. And then, right. you know, people did watch it. And then it became, you know, I, I used to love video director would come up to you and say, I got an idea. And it's your song so inspired this idea. It's like, you're going to be in a pinball machine. <laughs> and like, ball's going to be rolling all around you. You're dodging them like with your guitar. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you play piano? With your piano. It's going to be cool. You're dodging with your piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 then and then you say oh, I don't know I don't really think that feels like that song no but it totally came from the song and that's what I'm saying and then three weeks later some other band like I don't know Semi Sonic or someone they're dodging <laughs> pinballs same director that's what nice. was wrong with MTV is that is that it was it was run back asswards after a while you yeah know? it wasn't MTV's fault it was just the music business around it didn't didn't give it anything to work with well yeah and also you know just a very specific agenda of like we have to keep these artists in a rotation to sell yeah. albums and re- I mean what do you even think of the music business now is it is it is it completely over or actually not over? I mean, there are people who are, who are selling albums, but it's a very small. Yeah. Because there's the, the music it's like, um, so it's like that Monty Python with there's the people's front of Judea and there's the people's Judea the front. front, of, front yeah. uh, it, it is splintered off into so many little sections. There's the old music business proper, which kind of, you know, sells swatches or something. They sell something different. And then there's this music business, that doesn't know how to collect the money, you know, and it's a good music business. Like that's where you hear all the great new stuff and like the things that we've talked about, like these artists and you, you go, wow, that's really cool. They're broke. You right. know, they, they don't know how to do it exactly. And, and, uh, and so I think it's a real, I think now is a real golden time for music. Um, but I don't think it's a golden time for the music industry. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of good music out there right there's now. There's a lot like, of yeah. great music. Well, you, can find, you can find these bands now all over the country that, like like two of my favorite bands in the past couple of years, both, they all still have jobs. They don't go on tour. Yeah. They don't go anywhere because they, still, they have to work. And they knew coming into it. Yeah. That's the thing. They, they grew they up in this it. era. Yeah. And, and, and so you're getting a really generous, honest thing from them. They're, they're, they're not like, when this breaks, God damn, I'm going to be rolling in dough. Yeah. They're not thinking that. And, no. and there's something really nice about that. I think that's, and they have access 
to get to you somehow. You found yeah. it. Like somehow it came through the system. And, 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 and that's why I think it's a golden age. It's not necessarily a golden age for musicians. And, you know, fewer and fewer musicians are, are going to get rich. And, and, and that we just have to suck that up. Big deal. Do you, do you ever kind of wish like, ah, oh, fuck, if I had in the 70s yeah. when they were just blowing money on like private jets and like it, no one even thought about it yeah like that is it that joe AIDS wasn't song? a thing we worried about no no <laughs> <laughs> like what a time <laughs> the 70s what a time that's 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 it that's a cool time i mean in the in, in the 90s when my band broke the money was totally flowing i mean it was you know that that shit just we just spent money it was crazy like we'd do a show and we weren't a huge act you know but we had a really big record deal and we were in a big bidding war and all that kind of stuff and people were flying me around on jets and and it was you know it it felt like like all this money was going out and it would always come in and we would play like a show i remember playing uh i can't remember what uh maybe it's beacon theater or or something like that in new york and we decided a couple nights before let's just spend everything on pyro tonight (laughs) (laughs) and and we'll and we'll tell the the guys to let it rip in ballads where we don't expect it (laughs) squibs concussions all uh, just all the stuff like just let it rip like it was like a a rain of fire like uh what was that called um uh, what was the 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 rumsfeld uh Everyone used to make fun shock of and awe. shock and all. Let's make this shock and all, and uh, and it was scared the shit out of me. About blew me off the piano stool several times, and then the kids in the front row, all this light looks like the Fourth of July, and they're <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of a sad song, and that cost that that shit cost twenty five thousand dollars or something, wow. just for a joke. And and but that's what you're supposed. Like, that is that is second chorus of smoke. that's Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is Andy Kaufman. You have to you know. You have to cookies and it. milk. Yes, yeah. in the in the buses, it is like that. It's a surprise again. Like like yeah, it's a surprise. It's like something that you wouldn't guess. Maybe it gave some kids heart failure at eighteen years old, but since they were drunk, they didn't. They didn't even know. <laughs> and so, do you feel like do you do you still feel like it requires energy to keep that stuff going, to keep the shows fresh, to keep like, or do you feel like it's vital for you to to stay involved, to keep fucking around with formats like that? I I don't I don't know I mean it's I'm, I feel like I'm in a really nice little place where I, I, I go in not knowing exactly what to expect and 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 I can kind of uh, be present with a different audience every night and take it somewhere there's form uh, like there would be in comedy like mm-hmm. uh, you know I, uh, uh, seeing uh, Bob Saget a few months ago and I thought man there's no form to this like he's just going this guy it's incredible but then when I talked to him about it afterwards he's like no there's form to that there's places that I know that there's not going to be form for seven minutes but then I know when to jump out of it mm-hmm. so there is form I, I do that you know that's kind of the way that, that I, I do I know, I know I'm going into a, a, a time period where I'm going to make up a song and so I make up a song on stage every night uh, but I know it's going to be called Rock This Bitch because that's the that's the uh, um, that's my format mm-hmm. so I've got my title it's all be completely different every time, and it'll have a lot to do with what the audience is thinking, and what we're all together in the same place. So I don't feel like I have to do stunts, like spend thirty thousand dollars on pyro. Um, <laughs> but I do. I mean, uh, improv everywhere. Uh, uh, you know, came out and did did a couple funny things with us in New York, and and uh, that that was good fun. But that's the last time I think I've done anything like kind of sort of comedy driven. Do you stuff. know Reggie Watts? 
Oh, he's great, man. Yeah, I tried to get him before he got. He's gotten. He's gotten expensive now. Yeah, he famous. got real expensive. Yeah, he, uh, he got expensive. <laughs> but I feel like he would do something with you. Well, I asked him. We had this whole 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 line of emails from a few years ago where I was like, "Man, we got to get you open some shows." And so we we're talking dates and stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like. I'm open up for Obama now. So, okay, great. <laughs> you take it away. That's too bad. No, I think it's really fantastic that someone as talented as, as him is is and getting recognized. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just part of our digital culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been difficult. Although he's one of those guys that you would have seen like on t- Tonight Show, like in the eighties, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. like doing. And doing now awesome from stuff. his album, fuck shit, stack. fuck shit, stack. <laughs> <laughs> Ready. Um, so I want to have you do. Oh, but before you, do you mind doing a song? Or two? I don't mind. Can I take a piss? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. What, what do you leave the mics open for that, and you guys talk for a while, or Could do you, you like take it into the bathroom with you? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. Let's go. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like in the Naked Gun. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. like in the Naked Gun. And now the engineer's going. Oh. He's like, Assholes, I'm gonna have to run a wire. All yeah, yeah, the way go, the... go take a pee. I'll, I'll go do that, and you guys can talk. We'll talk yourself. about you, sure. And I'll, I've come to see if I can play it. Shimmering symbols here at the Nerdist. Shimmering here at the Nerdist <laughs> Studios. What is the Ben Folds is here. Why does the uh, the music always spike up? I spike up because they is um, it the, like the pressure. bandwidth or. Well, it could... I bet they have some ducking turned on, like some automated ducking, and then as soon as someone stops talking, it then just it jacks shoots. right yeah. back up. It's yeah. irritating. I hate, I, that's why I hate. That's why I don't like listening to the Morning Becomes Eclectic. I always notice yeah. that. I always notice that too. I just imagine Nick Harco going, and so, and then just every time. <laughs> it has been a while because it's Jason Bentley now. Jason Bentley, sorry. Ben Fox here in the Nerdist Studios. Ben, uh, what uh, what uh, what's the song are you going to uh, play for us today on the? You're just breathing on the microphone now. What? I'm sorry. You're not <laughs> saying words. I'm just playing around with what you're saying. <laughs> Superman was flying around the world. Superman was flying around the world, looking for something. Not really sure what till he saw Wonder Woman writhing in ecstasy. Then he came down from the sky. He's a fucking machine. Wonder Woman asked, What was that? The invisible man said, I don't know, but my. That's a good song. A classic. How the fuck you write a song? A classic. Um, so I don't know what 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 do you want me to play? Because um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to order you around. I, no, I think you should play whatever you. Uh, I don't feel like doing. I can't think of anything that I would just sit down and play right now. So I'm not gonna. I, I, it, did, it did occur to me we were talking about the Vinfolds Five record. We said, well, I don't have any songs, which is true. Yeah. But then I was trying to think of what kind of ideas do I have. Seeds of yeah. that I'll be bringing them, and I, so I could show you that, and then you would have the please do. Oh, that'd be cool. You'd have the exclusive something that they'll probably turn down. Ooh, sneak peek. Sneak peek. This has been floating around in my head, and it's got a lot of syllables in it, but it's got no words. Okay. I always start with no words, and then I work the words onto it. So I really like these chords because I was watching a, a, a Philip Glass documentary that I thought was amazing, and then I realized um, that it's. Kind of this sounds all over movies, but it doesn't matter. I like the the way the chords move. Uh, these minor chords. 
like that. So then the melody I hear in my head is... That's, that's, <laughs> that does sound like an old Ben Folds Five song too. It does. That's cool. Yeah, yeah mixed in with a little bit of uh, it, there's a there's there has like a cool Disney haunted house vibe to it, right. which yeah. I love. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a cinematic thing, and I think that's because uh, Philip Glass kind of invented that sound, and then and then I think probably uh, uh, the the co-inventor would probably be Danny Elfman. Yep. And, and he's he, he's really done a lot of that. So that, but I don't know how many people apply that to rock, but um, that's something I was thinking about. Um, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you. No, you. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> you, 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 you. Oh, wait, hey, no, I know you. you are. What am I? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, here's another little chord progression I like. Uh, ah, shit. I've been living in a hotel, so I can't remember. the kind of things that gorgeous stick in my head Chris Hardwick on the nerdist yeah he's a badass motherfucker new theme song um, yeah, can I request something sure yeah. is, that, is that okay yeah um, I love philosophy so much okay I will try that if, I, if you don't want to you don't have to there's no, no pressure I don't mind, I don't mind doing it uh, I say that, that this is uh, I, I'll I'll make the sacrifice because because uh, I, I I want to make everyone happy. But you don't, or you could depress. Yes. We, we could all get just we could all start to cry and listen to Fred Jones. <laughs> no, no. I, I, my my I played uh, um, Bardo uh, and I just did it sort of quasi unannounced, sort of like just like in a few days before. Yeah. And I forgot to bring my little um, um, finger wraps. Oh. And I beat the shit out of my hands, and so I, I may not play as hard because uh, it'll it'll hurt. But I'll. I'll Why well, don't want you to hurt yourself if you? Oh, uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play in minor. Evil, and I know that there is good. 
understood Yeah, don't you look at me, I'm crazy But I get the job done Yeah, I'm crazy, but I get the job done And I say, go ahead, you can laugh all you want to Cause I got my philosophy And I'm trusted like the ground That's why my philosophy Keeps me walking when I'm falling down I pushed you cause I love you guys I did not realize You weren't having fun You have to start ending all of your songs with, with <laughs> like, like Wesley Willis used to end by yelling "Blockbuster, what a difference!" Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Wesley Willis, Wheaties, breakfast of champions. <laughs> How's your hand? Is it okay? It's all right. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. That was fucking phenomenal. Was really and awesome. watching your fingers from here is insane. It's, is it is it Spider Man time for you? Like in that sense where like your hands are just moving in slow motion, but to everyone else it looks really fast. Well, I will say when when I, I see a video back every once in a while, it doesn't look like what I think I'm doing. It looks a lot faster and more impressive than, than what it seems like. Is is not? Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is. It's because I'm not really that fast, but it looks like it, it is. It seems it seems that way. Because I know a lot of drummers. I when I, I studied per- percussion, drums are. Hands are just so fast, and, and I'm I'm definitely not in the um, upper you know 90th percentile of fast or anything like that. Well, it's it's fucking insane to watch from right here. Um, do, you, do do is there is there? Can we request one more song Absolutely. and then we'll let you go, yeah. and then we won't force mm-hmm. you to perform for us? Yeah. Um, what, Jonah, you should really pick the. I don't know. I, there's it's too many to pick. 
Um, Fred Jones part one, but that might just bring everybody down. Oh, the, the, the cigarette? Um, or the, 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 oh, sorry, Fred Jones part two. The one two. from Rock in the Suburbs. Right, right. You know what I'd like to do, though? What? Probably an engineer nerd. What? Um, I'm gonna, Mr. Engineer, can I take that SM57 and put it here and forget the Audix? Would you mind? That's okay. Are you ready? It's going to pop out. Taking it out. One, two. There we go. Can I pull this one out? Yeah, I would make records on a 57. Yeah. Had a long trip. Then if you get bored and want to play Landed, that's cool. It's <laughs> up to you. Whatever. Okay, you we're back. Bored. I mean, yeah. it's just, we're just sitting around. This. Hey. Or Zach and Sarah, or anyway. So any, any, uh. I'm here all week. Remember, the more you drink, the I Listen to you play, just, it's going to be thirsty. My hand's starting to shake. <laughs> I want to be 16 again and not think beer is good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. There we go. Hello. No. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm no pussy. <laughs> I play piano all night long. My oh, pop. You know, I think the pop, the peas are, I think they're maybe there. I think we might have a problem. No, I don't think it's fun. <laughs> okay, what was it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. um, the song came from Fred Jones. The reason it's called Fred Jones Part 2, Fred Jones Part 1 in my head was uh, a song called Cigarette from Whatever Never Amen. And that was taken from a um, word for word, a run-on sentence from the newspaper. Uh, and it was about a guy, uh, a couple got married, and then the woman had some kind of uh, uh, brain damage that changed her personality within like a year. She started smoking cigarettes, but she'd never smoked before. Everything was different. So he, he, was, he was conflicted because he'd married this person, made vows, but it wasn't the person he'd married. And so he, she had burnt the house down with a cigarette. And, and, and the, the, the sentence was, if I can remember, because it's much more impressive than it, when it's sung, there's no punctuation in this fucking sentence. It said, Fred Jones was... Fred Jones was worn out from caring for his often screaming and crying wife during the night, but he couldn't sleep at night for fear that she, in a stupor from the drugs that wouldn't ease the pain, would set the house ablaze with a cigarette. Wow. And that was in the paper, and I thought, well, that's an intense sentence. It says a lot. So I just put this music to the wind. with a cigarette 
basically remembered the chords. But wow. That's yeah. And then so I was thinking of uh, uh, back in 1999, I was thinking about how the um, newspaper business was going to be out, you know, and, and one uh, uh, case of an old-style uh, newspaper editor who uh, had been, you know, kind of corporately laid off at the takeover, and and just the whole idea that the guy had worked there for so long, and and uh, and then he was gone. So it's just a real kind of working class uh, uh, sort of song. an awkward young shadow who waits in the hall he's cleared all his things and he's put them in boxes things that remind him that life has been good 25 years he's worked at the paper a man's here to take him down the stairs and I Sorry, Mr. Jones, it's time. There was no parties and there were no songs, cause today's just a day like the day that he started. No one is left here Knows his first name Yeah, and life barrels on Like a runaway train Where the passengers change They don't change anything You get off Someone else can't get on And I'm sorry Mr. Jones It's The street light shines through the shades Casting lines on the floor And lines on his face He reflects on the day out and goes to the basement projecting some slides onto a plain white canvas and traces it fills in the spaces he turns off the slides and it doesn't look right yeah and all of these bastards have taken his place he's forgotten Yeah. 
Jones. And I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. And I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. It's time. Thank you so much for that. Because... His wife died. <laughs> ben Folds! Thanks, man. You have been more than generous with your time. And, uh, oh, your microphone's back over. Oh, you can... did, you say, did you sing more than a feeling? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, maybe I should just not worry about it. <laughs> there we are. I'm back. You're going to oh, go into the back. crowd now? Go into I'm going to work the room a little yeah. bit. Hi, I'm from, um, I'm from Racine, Wisconsin. And, uh, and that was, I don't know any insults. So I, I don't know. Yeah. You're dumb. Uh, your yeah, shirt, yeah. your stupid shirt. You're uh, ugly and you're stupid and you stink. Yay! <laughs> um, anyway, you've been more than generous with your time. And I don't want to, I just, we want to let you go. But thank you so much. Yeah, just um, five more songs and then we'll <laughs> just get out of here. You played a show last night. Took a helicopter tour of Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. neat. Which yeah. was amazing. I've always wanted to do that. That always looks you like You should. A, you should go. I'll plug him right now because I thought that woman was amazing. It's JJ Helicopters. Really? And, and, and uh, the, uh, Hitomi uh, runs the joint. And she's just, she's, she come in, she takes your credit card in her flight suit. She does the booking and everything. And then she just goes out and gets in the helicopter and cranks it up and you fly off. That's it. That's awesome. So cool. Do you yeah. go to the, like down to the coast? Or, like where's the... We flew, we flew everywhere. Uh, uh, me, me and my kids, we, we flew... Uh, I started out uh, kind of over Redonda Beach and then flew through downtown and Silver Lake and wow. came back down Sunset Boulevard. And we were like 400 feet over the ground some of the time. That's great. People could wave and stuff. It was really cool. That's awesome. Must really put the city in perspective and kind of lay it out nicely. Yeah, as you point out, it, 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 uh, it shows you how bad traffic is because you get so, so you get there fast. so fast. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you need to have a helicopter. Where's our fucking <laughs> flying cars? It's 2011 for crap's sake. I know. Yeah. Just buy a helicopter. We'll pull together. All right. We'll buy a helicopter. We should be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, ben, thank you so much for being here. No worries. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Appreciate I'm it. Glad we finally did it. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. That's something we say at the end of the show. Oh, enjoy your burrito. Yay! <laughs> that was incredible. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Today's mobile world makes easy-to-use collaboration software more than nice to have. It's a necessity. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMeeting.com and enter the promo code NERDIST.